0: How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is me, the Q Dog. Up in the hizzle for shizzle, my dizzle, in the studio with my lovely wife. Lovely wife, please say hello. Hello. Yes, thank you so much. Um, Well, honey, we find ourselves at the home studio this time. So as a disclaimer to those of you listening, please know that um, you could hear all sorts of noises because at the the studio at the house called Enos, um, there's a lot less potential for chaos as far as sounds go. So we um we're recording here at the home studio. So if you hear knocking on the door, you hear some shouting, understand that could be some autism. And uh we you know, we'll just gladly introduce you to that. Uh with the three dogs, eight kids, there may be some banging and clanging that goes around, but uh it's all good nonetheless. We're going to get this episode going here. I'm kind of springing this episode on you, honey um with very, very little preparation because I love just having an open conversation. And I'll talk to you about what I struggle what I'm struggling with when it comes to um the episodes after our love language and maybe we can just talk through it a little bit. Um because I think you know, I, I don't know. I think when uh in times past when I've looked at people, whether they're talking Uh, Speaking, talking, doing conferences. Let's take Tony Robbins, for example. We think because he's a gazillionaire, he flies around, he owns an island, he's got businesses, whatever the case is. Sometimes you get, you tend to think those kind of people have no problems. And.
1: Wait, are we having an airing the grievances live right now?
0: No. Okay. No, not at all. Not at all. Just making sure. No. Um,. But I I just, I want everybody to know just because I have a podcast doesn't mean that things are perfect. And this stuff just comes absolutely natural to me. Um, And we were talking to Coach Rita today about some future episodes that are coming. um, But I like the raw, real side of things because, you know, this guy Charlie Rocket that I'm following, um, you know, he's like perfect, a perfect life really never helped anybody because if anybody if everybody anybody thinks that you're perfect it's like why i I can't attain that um anyway so why try so i just want people to know that you know we've done several episodes together and this is all continually a work in progress um and it's okay to be a work in progress just kind of where you're going to locate yourself so thinking back um we went through the love language episodes and I felt like it was really important for us to do so. It was kind of pivotal in our marriage, um, you know, when we discovered the love languages. So I'll just ask you on open mic, when we first started that, how, uh, how easy was it to you um, to start using those love languages or maybe what, what would a guy kind of look for in that?
1: The first time we did it or this previous time? Let's
0: start with the first time we did it.
1: The first time we did it, um, it wasn't that difficult simply because it was quality time for me and it was affirmation for you or the, the primary two that we were hitting on. Everything after that, we kind of slowly integrated to. Um, the hard part was, I think, realizing that you understood quality time was what I wanted, but you didn't understand what quality time meant to me. Yeah. Um, And the same thing with words of affirmation. I could tell you you were doing a great job, but if it wasn't what you needed to hear at that moment, it didn't really matter. Um, Sometimes it was not necessarily that you needed me to tell you you were doing a great job. It was that you just needed me to tell you I noticed that you did something different today. It, it was little things that you needed but it took a while for me watching you I had to watch you cuz you hated telling me what you needed me to say that was really hard for you okay um i remember asking you okay what are what are key things that you need to know from me and the only thing that ever came out of your mouth was i just need to know you appreciate how hard i work yeah and i've always kept that in the back of my mind since but when it came to like your struggles with your weight, your health, different things like that, you had a really hard time telling me what you needed. Um, so that one I kind of, I just banked it, you know. I, I winged it for the most part and just kind of went by how you reacted. And sometimes it would be the perfect thing and it would make you really happy and sometimes you would just look at me and go, yeah, okay. You know, thank you for that, but it just wasn't the reaction you were looking for. Um, it's kind of a hit and miss. But you knew that at least I was trying. So it was a little different. For me and the quality time, I think it was more we finally had to sit down. And it actually took Rita getting us to sit down because I didn't want to argue about it. I remember because I didn't want to have the conversation you were trying. And I didn't want to cut you down for trying because your thing is affirmation. So if I'm going to cut you down for trying and you need affirmation, I'm kind of screwing myself here. (laughs) Yeah. So it took uh, Rita really kind of saying, okay, just tell them what you want. Um, and I think it was pretty easy in the beginning. This time around, it's way different.
0: Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about this the other day. I remember um a time when we were at the old house on Logue, and we were having some really difficult times. I was coaching football. I don't know if it's right around the time we were getting ready to, to buy the house on Spawn, but I remember us laying in the bed, and, you know, I— and this is before we ever started any kind of coaching or whatnot, but we were really, really at odds with each other. And I was, it's more obvious to me now than ever that I was trying to use, unbeknownst to me, I was trying to use my love language to build you up and connect with you. And we were laying in the bed and I was basically telling you, you know, if you could hear the way I talk about you, Uh, when you're not around, if you could hear the great things I'm saying about you, if you could hear this, if you could hear that. And, you know, I was feeling proud for how much I was bragging on you um, in conversations, building you up. And you basically told me, and this is not verbatim, but really, you know, I don't really care what you have to say about me. I just need you. And... I don't know exactly what the words were that you used at that time but it really just took all the wind out of my sail because I was, you know, kind of just kind of reaching or you know, grabbing in the dark trying to find a way to connect with you there, to let you know how much I appreciated you when you didn't need my words of appreciation, you needed my my time and my Me as a person there. Do you remember that conversation?
1: I do, but now back up going down History Lane, because you're talking Logue Court, which was... Okay, let's let's just play the scene out here. We had a 1,200-square-foot house. We had three bedrooms. We had triplets in one room. We had Hunter in one room. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I was pregnant with Ash at the time. I think so. So we already had four under the age of five,
0: mm-hmm. with
1: a fifth one on the way. And at that time, you were coaching. You were working a regular job. We had another party living with us off and on. Might have, and I think it, I
0: was doing the radio yeah, show at y- the same time. Yeah, you
1: were trying to figure some things out with Chris there. And I think you and I were in a place where... I, that, that was the biggest thing was quality time because your time was going every which direction. But at the time you were trying to figure out how to provide for all of us, we were in the process of deciding whether or not we needed a new house, which we knew we needed one, but we weren't in the position yet. There was so much going on and what I needed was just that quality time, that connection, because all of my time, I'm, I mean, I nursed the kids and i fed everybody every hour and a half and then i was pregnant with ashlyn so i was going through the ups and downs of all the garbage the doctors were telling us for my preterm and high risk and all that crap so at the at that moment telling me how great i was did not matter worth right. a lick because i just needed you to be part of what was going on right and it, back then your mindset was more My job as the man of the house, my job as a husband is to take care of everybody. So that's what you were trying to do. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It just wasn't what I needed necessarily in the moment.
0: No, and I get that. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is that if if you're not equipped or you don't have the tools necessary to connect with um, your spouse, then you'll do what comes naturally to you and try to speak your language to somebody else. And it's a foreign language because it doesn't mean as much. I don't remember how far down the line uh, words of affirmation were for you, but they just weren't as important as they were to me. So I was trying to take what would make me feel um, what would make me feel justified, or what would make me feel important. And I was trying to speak that language to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, here I am speaking English. Your language is French, and I'm not trying to speak your language to you. Um, and I think that's why um, when we started learning about the love language, it kind of, it really opened my eyes to see that you know we really are unique individuals, and that I wanted to learn every bit of quote French that I could. I didn't necessarily learn the culture per se because I took my own version of French and went with it.
1: You took the Cliff Notes version. <clears throat> yeah.
0: And <laughs> so I I'm just looking to say maybe, you know, somebody's listening that that really hasn't um heard of this love language um idea. And what I what I'm trying to say here now is like I had the best intentions. I had the best intentions of what I had I believed would connect with you but I was just not speaking your language. And quality time was on my, you know, my to-do list, but you know, like we've talked about before when I would hear about the problems with the bills or the problems with uh finances in general, you know, it's, it was the opposite of affirmation and it was basically telling me I wasn't good enough. So I was out really trying to chase something that was going to make me good enough. Yeah. Um. And it was outside, you know, our home. And I'm not talking about being um, unfaithful to our marriage. I'm talking about going out and trying to, whether it was get a radio show to take off or coaching to take off as a career, something that would provide more financially to make you feel more secure, but... That's the that's the tough part about not knowing what language your spouse speaks and really starting to understand first, hey, what is my how do I receive love? What is my language? And then I can learn about that language, you know, for me. Um because what that what it did when we got down to it, it's like, okay, words of affirmation are really big to me. Um And knowing that it's really big to me, uh, people can speak negative words that really tear me down. But then deciding who has the permission to say those words that matter to me. Yeah. You know, and drawing some boundaries in the sand there. And then you, um, I don't want to say that your avenue was the easier of the two. I just took the wrong approach because I took quality time as what my version would be.
1: Well and I had a hard time and I'm I'm still kind of chewing on this too because like now our our languages have changed, but my number one when we did this this last time was is physical touch. But I am not a physical person with everybody. I don't like people to touch me. I don't want to be hugged by everybody. That is an earned thing for me. Yeah. Um Except with you, I'm all access. That's that's a given. But it's the same thing that you're saying. I have to figure out whose boundaries are what. Because if you put it in perspective, my closest friend, I hug her, but very rarely. But my biggest thing with her is quality time. We go places like the Kings game or out to dinner or we'll take off and go to Knots for a weekend. Just her and I, no kids, no nothing. But that's us enjoying each other, and that's how our, our friendship works. I'm not that way with everybody. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, I agree with the love language thing, but I think you have to kind of examine it for what it is. It's not the same with everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at this as this is the only way that I can accept love from somebody, don't do that.
0: That's a very good point, because what we're primarily talking about right now is spouse to spouse. Yes. And, you know... I guess you could hear this and think, well, hey, if my if my number one love language is physical touch, I'll just have everybody start, you know, embracing me or, you know, I don't want to say what I'm thinking of saying because it'll sound kind of raunchy. But, um, you know,
1: chicken. And that's
0: (laughs) And that's the thing that um, that's the thing that concerned me uh, from the get go. So fast forward to what our love languages are now. And, you know, you could kind of tell that things were changing. We had a, a monumental set of circumstances that came along with my health. Um, so I I was not surprised. I wasn't surprised. Uh, I was a bit shocked at about the way that things turned out. So having quality time is my number one and physical touch is your number one. I didn't want to make the same mistake of just assuming my in my own way what your... Love language was, and then when we kind of got finished with the the episodes on the podcast, I got to thinking, man, we really, and that's why I had to sit in front of Coach Rita and say, you know, give us some pointers on what this is supposed to look like because I wanna, I wanna know how to approach this this time. It could, you can't just necessarily go with what worked the last time, you know, when you how you approached it. Um, so, what is what is the toughest struggle per se? Been for you, if any, with kind of redefining how we interact and try to speak one another's language?
1: Um, hmm. I think I'm struggling more with my own. Because when you ask me what does physical touch look like, it's very hard for me to put that out into words. Because I, I know what I like. I know what certain touch means to me but I'm not very good at expressing that to you yet. There're certain things that I'm still I guess learning to open up about myself with you. I mean, sure. 20 years and we're still going through this. Yeah. But um I guess now it's it's a little bit easier for me to, to say, yeah, that's that's not what I meant. This this doesn't work. This is one this wasn't what I was talking about. Um you know, especially when at first, when we did this, it was like, you're, my number one is physical touch. I'm thinking, great. All these people are going to think that this is like all about intimacy, and that's not. It is isn't. it isn't. Um, that That's not the aspect that I'm talking are you, about. Are
0: you saying that all the listeners were going to think, wow, Quincy's a lucky guy because your number one love language is physical touch, and it's going to be sex all day?
1: Yeah, you're not that lucky, and I hope they're not that crazy. But, <laughs> 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 no, no. Um, Oh, my gosh, you just made that picture of that car in my head. Now don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I guess it was just difficult to describe what I need. Like I said, I'm not a touchy person with other people. I don't like random people touching me. I don't like to, you know, you could um, take Sundays, for example, and this is nothing as a church family, and they know me well enough to know this is nothing personal. But I only hug certain people. And it's not because I like one better than the other. I have a different relationship with this person versus that person. Right. And touch to me is very intimate. It's very important to me. Yeah. And I don't think, sometimes I don't think that people realize touch is intimate. Even if it's something as simple as running your thumb along somebody's cheek or rubbing somebody's shoulder, it's not just the sexual aspect of something. Right. So for me, putting those things into words... And exactly what I need and when I need is very difficult because um, take example, when I get mad, the last thing I want is you to touch me when I'm angry. Right. And it's nothing personal. It's just, I don't want to be mad at you or lash at you for something that's not your fault. Right. But at certain points, and you've learned to gauge this, which is kind of cool, is when I do get kind of pissed off and I can't bring it back, you can ground me by putting your hands on my shoulders because that's if I'm arguing with someone else, we'll put it that way. And you see the heat of the conversation going on, or you see how I'm getting overworked. Having that touch grounds me to know, A, I'm not fighting by myself. Mm-hmm. And B, I can stop. I can back up and I can stop. I wouldn't used to let you do that. I, I very much fight my own kind of personality. Um, but we're getting to that place now where I guess that's what came became more important with you being in the hospital and all the stuff that we went through. I wasn't getting the physical connection. J- just having you sleep in the chair 24-7 was weird. Yeah. But also fighting with the doctors, arguing with the doctors, um, arguing with family members, having to deal with the kids and all these different things, you weren't there physically to be able to take any of that away from me. Yeah. So having that now and being able to just have that gentle, like when you come home, and I told you, when you put your hand around my waist, when you come home and you come up behind me and I'm cooking, I immediately take a deep breath and just relax. Yeah, Dad's home. Okay. I can let some of the load off and I can relax a little bit. My shift is ending, so to speak. It's little things like that that are important, but it took us, we're on what, three or four weeks now? Yeah. Of having to go through okay, what do you need? Is this working for you? Is this not working for you in the chaos of life and trying to figure out what quality time can be for you and how do we work that with the change of schedule and autism banging on the door?
0: <laughs> yeah, and and to me, you know, just from my vantage point, when we figured out that some things had changed between us, that our languages had evolved, um, I really wanted to ensure that I took a step back for a minute to observe um, what you needed because I knew, I don't know how I knew it, but I knew going into it, okay, here's how I knew it because quality time was now number one for me and I didn't even know what that looked like. I didn't even understand what that meant for me. So I knew that it would be just as difficult for you, knowing you as well as I do, and how often you don't think of yourself and what you need and how often you put yourself last Um, I knew that I needed to take a step back mentally and do a lot of observation and, you know, kind of, uh, pilot some ideas, if you will, for what would work. And that's why, you know, embracing you, holding you, um, you know, I know those, I know one of the things that you've loved the most for a long time is when I put my hand on your cheek. You know, that's something, that's a place of connection. But I had to go a little bit further than that, you know, um, to see what, how you responded to certain actions with physical touch. It's obvious that, you know, uh, during sex or making love, um, there's a lot of touching going on. and If you're doing it right. Yeah, if you're doing it right. <laughs> um you know, and that's very intentional touching, but to go a step further into, and to, and to like put some action into physical touch that's that's intimate but not sexual and to ensure that it means something to you so you feel secure or you feel protected or you feel loved. I could have just went ahead and gone and done it my way again, but I didn't want to make the same mistake twice. And that's why when I was asking you, you know, so what does this look like to you? And you're like, I don't know. And I could have I could have just really been offended to me, you know, like, what do you mean you don't know? But truthfully, knowing that I didn't know what it was for myself, it's like, you know what, it's okay not to have all the answers. It's all right not to have a preloaded answer to say, well, this is what it looks like for me. Um and that's why I was okay with myself not knowing and I want to explore and you know it'll it maybe it takes a month or 2 months or 3 months just to come up with something to say okay I think I know what this is kind of looking like cuz really it's challenging yourself it's challenging myself to get to know myself a little bit better
1: well and you're not you're not writing a list. It's not like Quincy's sitting here going, okay, putting my hand on her cheek and then rubbing my thumb here or, you know, putting my hand on her back. You're not making a running list where you have it sitting on a wall so you can go, okay, to check them off that I did this, this. Right. That. That's not what you're looking for. And I finding out physical touch was my number one actually didn't really surprise me because I started, like, just looking back at myself. I'm always touching you. Yeah. So I'm always seeking out the touch. I'm just not asking for it. So that's, I guess that would be something I would say to look for if that, if, if because I notice like when we're sitting in the car, I would reach over. If we're sitting in the chairs, I would reach over and, and touch your leg or touch your arm or even in church, I'm constantly rubbing your shoulders or it's just something that I need. It's not necessarily that I'm waiting for you to touch me so much as I just, I just need it. I just need to touch you or have you touch me and and everything's fine. But I didn't have a running list of A, B, C and D. This is what you need to do to make everything work. That that doesn't that doesn't make sense.
0: Well, I think maybe it doesn't make sense to have a full on list, but to be able to say you know, when you come home and you hug me, you wrap your arms around my waist, um you just embrace me. That lets me feel, that makes me feel like you're here, you're with me, dad is home, my husband is home, I can let my guard down. Yeah. Because it's you against eight and three dogs, you know, <laughs> it's so it's, it's you against 11, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. um, so that is, I do make a mental note of that because even if I come home and I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm irritated from work, I have to leave that at the door and come home and be intentional about what my family needs. Yeah. I've got to put myself aside and my frustrations aside because, you know, I'm always saying live on purpose, live on purpose for a purpose, be intentional with your actions in your life. That's something I've got to do. I've got to check myself at the door. I'm not perfect at it. It doesn't always happen, but I've got to check myself at the door and remember my wife needs me to come home. And and give her that feeling that everything in the world is right now. Everything's gonna be okay. The kids need that too. Yeah. The kids need that from me. When dad is home, it's like, oh, dad's home.
1: Their biggest complaint is that I get the first kiss. Yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest complaint right now. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: they, hey, they swarm me. Mm-hmm. me. They swarm me. They do. try to, they try to fool me to get that first kiss, so that they can say, oh, mom, I got the first. Sometimes i my mind is other places, and I. May deal out a kiss on the cheek to somebody and concern that I may feel the wrath of the woman. Um nah, but I just won't feed the kid. Just <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I so to me it's it's one of the most important messages that I want to put forward in this episode is it's okay not to have all the answers. What's not okay is not putting in the effort to find them.
1: Well, I guess the the best part would be you're right. Observe when you let, let's take example somebody who maybe has gifts as their number one. Okay, that doesn't me personally. The first time I heard gifts, I automatically went to gold digger personality. That's just how I thought. I know someone that way. If you don't give her the top of the line, whatever, whatever. That it's just not worth it to her, and that that was what I thought. But if your wife's thing is gifts, and you look at okay, how does she react when I bring flowers home? Is it a big reaction? Does it just make her happy? How does she respond to those things? You know, is it? I'm not necessarily saying you have to go big. Like I remember Rita telling us one time, um, in one of our sessions, when her husband gives her a card. Very simple, very subtle, but he happened to be running errands one day and he brought her a card home. That coasted her for a whole week because he was busy with his day doing something else and he took two minutes to find a card that would make her happy. And that you just have to see what works. How do they respond? You know, the touch thing. How do they respond? If, If you're in public, maybe touch is their thing, but not around other people. Sure. You know, those are things you have to look for. With affirmation... What are key words that you noticed the biggest reaction to? For you, from me, it was, I appreciate what you're going through and how hard you're working because I knew what was happening in your life at the time. Yeah. And you were in a hard spot. You were thinking that, you know, I might be changing jobs. I might be... We had all kinds of crap going on. We might buy in a new house. We've got new kids coming. We we just had so much on the plate at the time that... All you needed to know was I appreciated and I understood what you were sacrificing and what you were doing. And as long as I stood behind that, you could go. You were totally fine and you just mowed through everything and nothing else mattered. Even the people that were constantly pushing you back, you were able to push against it and not let it affect you as much because you knew at least I was cool with whatever was happening. It just You just have to see what happens. Quality time for some people. For you, it is sitting in a chair and watching a movie with me. Yeah. You love sitting here and watching a movie with me and both of us jumping and freaking out at what's happening on the screen or watching a hockey game together, watching a football game together.
0: Oh, man. That just makes me think, you know, that makes me think about when I would coach football. And you're like, what? Why would it even matter? You know, you're saying for yourself, why would it even matter if I show up there? Why? Why would it? I'm not down there on the field. I'm not there with you, but just knowing that you're next to me, and that you care about what I'm doing, made would have made such a big deal to me. Um, you know, and and I think a lot of you know what goes on with your childhood really formulates. <laughs> where you stand with these love languages, because like we talked about before to you, talk is cheap. That's why words of affirmation are so low for me. Talk is everything yeah. because what I say, I mean it. And that it was like really high for me, really low for you. And that's, I'm trying to speak your language and it didn't register with you because things that were said to you or that you saw said, in you're growing up, it was all cheap. They were just words. And for me, it's not. And I I do think that maybe I've kind of painted the picture here that, you know, it's, oh, just focus on number one, just focus on the first love language. No. You have to – it does take balance. I mean, in the beginning, so you can build trust, what you want to do is really put a lot of effort into learning what, you know, that number one, number two love language looks like. But when you make a card or when you do get some flowers – it still puts a little fire in that receiving gifts because you want to make you want it to be well rounded mm-hmm. because when your love tank is full of physical touch you have other needs that need to be met, right? Yeah. Why are you smiling?
1: Because I was thinking about when you brought me those flowers and the bottle of Jack. <laughs> and my response was, "You love me." I had a really crappy week. Yeah. <laughs> so when you came home with My favorite flower and a bottle of fire, Jack, I was a very happy girl. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, just because it's not number one or two on the list doesn't mean it's not a place where you can connect. And if we've shown anything with this love language or how you interact with your loved ones, there are times in your life, depending on what the circumstances are, where that number three or four might be your biggest need at the time depending on what level of certainty you need.
1: I think of it this way. I look at certain times in the day. Okay, we'll use the example. If I have not slept because Kirsten is not sleeping, and I'm I'm all over the map when that happens, but you can see where I'm at physically, mentally, emotionally, that's when you normally step back and go, okay, she needs quality time right now. She needs to just shut down from everything else and she needs quality time and we just need to go upstairs, watch a movie, tune everybody out because I need to regroup. And the only way for me to do that is to regroup with you. Same with me. If you've had a really crappy day and you call me and you tell me something's going on, okay, in this situation – and we had this recently – Something was going on at work. You texted me. I t- didn't understand it. Please don't have personal conversations over text. It's really stupid Word. and it gets messed up. But when we finally talked on the phone, my response was not what you expected. And then after going back and finally talking out, it's like, okay, you know what? In this situation, what you needed from me was affirmation. Yes, you're strong in who you are now, but there are moments when you still need me to come in and go, "Hey, wait a minute. This isn't who you are. This is what's going on. This is this is what I'm feeling, and this this is what I'm seeing going on." And it just kind of builds you back up to go, you know what, you're right. You're right. This is just trying to take me out of my day and I just needed you to kind of set me back on track. The more you observe doing a little bit of each thing here and there, the more you're going to start seeing a reaction and a response and you're going to know there are certain things that you know, like the, the thing with the hand on my face. It's not an all the time thing. Right. It's not a do it every day because I know that this gets a certain response. It's not that. It's when for example, when I am maybe feeling at my lowest. That's when that's important to me because that that to me is me leaning into you. Yeah. <clears throat> but once you learn that that's the that's the balance. You can't find the one thing and just play the one thing over and over and over again that y- it's going to burn out and she's going to know you're full of crap. Not to mention, if she's doing this for you, you're going to get sick of it, and eventually you're probably going to blow up over it. I would. I, I would. Maybe so. <laughs> um, but you're right. It's, it's looking at how do they respond to different things, you know? Is it a night that when you call and you can hear things are going on, and he'll say, okay, you know what? Get a babysitter. I'm picking you up. We're going out. I don't have time to think about it. I don't have an option. It's just get a babysitter. You need a break. That's important. When quality time was was big for me, that was like my a number one, and it still is important. It's my number two, but it's still, I couldn't put myself in that position. I couldn't ask you for it. I didn't know how to tell you I needed it. You had to learn when I needed it and when to just tell me, okay, I'm making the choice.
0: Yeah, and it's, and the truth is, is it really? This thing is a journey. It is a journey, and you have to be along for the journey and not just think that one thing's gonna work in each and every single situation um if i could relate it to anything you know recently i have become really big at say like uh smoking no not smoking weed (laughs) not smoking cigarettes anyway you know as far as it goes with like brisket and tri-tip and those things and and I didn't know, like on Thanksgiving last year, I had three smokers going at once. One of those smokers. Can you say addiction? Yeah, you can. (laughs) Um, One of those smokers, I had to build the fire. Mm -hmm. You know, and the weather's not always going to be the same. The wind, the direction of the wind, it's not always going to be the same. The first time you build a fire, it's intimidating. It's very intimidating because you don't know what you're supposed to do, so you just pour as much you know lighter fluid on there as possible, drop the match and run for your life. Um, but the more that you build a fire, um, it's not it doesn't always require more lighter fluid. Sometimes it requires more air. Sometimes it requires more wood. There's just a certain type of finesse and you'll know when you're building a fire, if it's starting to struggle, you look at it and you say, oh, I I think based on what I'm seeing, the fire needs this so it can grow. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't necessarily do one thing every time. It's still a fire. You don't do everything, one, uh, one thing each and every time. You have to see what does the fire need yeah. to thrive. And that's the way I kind of look at it with this love language because this is just this is a small very important part but it's a small uh it's a small part of a really big picture when it comes to your relationship so i guess if if we close this episode out because we're over 35 minutes ashley dear producer uh please forgive us but i tend to i tend to just go off the rails all right I'm a naughty boy. I go off the rails when the producer's not around. Anyway, what I, if, if I had to kind of bring this to a close right now, I would say the number one thing is get go take the test. Find out what your love language is. Heck, hopefully your wife would take the test um, just so you could compare. But really, it's time to start learning what languages you speak. Because you're speaking those languages to people. It's just doing what comes naturally to you. You're speaking those. There's a high chance that you're doing that. So once you learn a lot more about yourself and how you communicate, you'll start to understand what you can do to stoke the fire in other people. You have to know how to build the fire within before you can start building the fire for other people. So I would just encourage you if you haven't already, go take that test. It's uh go to Google and search the five love languages. Take the test, look at it, and start to and and start to really define your language and what does that look like to you? Thank you, Coach Rita, for always asking the question what does that look like? That is the place to start. You don't want to run out and start attacking your wife if gift giving is her number one and you bring her home a gift and you don't get the reaction you were looking for. Okay. And you say, well, look, you have to be happy because I brought you a gift and number one on your love language is gifts. So you have to be happy because that's not how this works. It's just, it's exactly what I said it was in the uh, metaphor here which is learning how to build that fire. What does the fire need so it can grow? And I—that's the one thing I want to leave you with. Get that love language um, test done, please. Do yourself a favor, and then look at it. If you want some insight, why don't you email us and we can help give you some insight? Now, when you email us, we're only going to have one part of the story, but we can help. We can help provoke some really. Deep thought into who the heck am I and it'll help, okay? We're going on our experience over the years. Um, this has you know been a six year journey that we're that we're going through here. So email us at coach at com. That is coach at man vs marriage um, And come over and connect with us on Facebook. It is really cool. We have got tips for days. We have got memes. We have got Facebook live videos. We've got some discussions going on, and we would love for you to start a discussion there too. So it's facebook.com forward slash MVSM podcast. Okay, so reach out to us there. Um, Email us. Get with us on Facebook and let us know how we can help you. And remember... The question is this. How good do you want your relationship to be? The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? you got to live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly really about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.